Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV, on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is on postpartum depression. Postpartum depression is not rare, nor should it be a silent shame. We want to break that taboo today and let moms out there know they are not alone and they absolutely do not have to go through this struggle alone. Most importantly, they didn't do anything wrong to feel this way, and having postpartum depression does not make you a bad mother. The March of Dimes reports that one out of every seven women has postpartum depression after giving birth. Okay, listen to this. They state that postpartum depression is the most common complication for women who've just had a baby. The National Institute of Mental Health states that postpartum depression is different from the baby blues. That affects 80% of mothers, and it includes feelings that are somewhat more mild, last a week or two, and go away on their own. Postpartum depression is also different from postpartum psychosis, which is very different and very rare. I am truly grateful to the two moms at the square table with me today who are willing to share their stories. Welcome to Shannon Moskoff and Stacy Blass. Stacy, you have a very unique reason for wanting to revisit this topic. Take it away. Well, my unique reason would be I'm about to do this again for some crazy reason. Um, and I am particularly terrified about what happened with Eli the first time and doing that again when now somehow I'm going to have to take care of Eli at the same time. It was, it was easier probably with my first because even though I didn't particularly care for him or my husband anymore, they had each other and I would, I mean, I, I would take every opportunity I could get to disappear and just be gone, but you can't do that when you have a toddler that's obsessed with you. Exactly, exactly. So I hope I just keep, like, loving him, at least. If I'm not going to like the baby, hopefully at least I'll stay obsessed with that him. That's a really interesting question, and I know And that I don't you... know if the way I feel about him will change. That's scary, too. postpartum will in any way affect the firstborn. So tell everybody, you've shared pieces of your story here with us before, but tell us how old Eli is, what your due date is, and a little bit of that... that incredible journey that you took. Eli's between two and a half and three. He will be a month shy of three when the baby comes. If the baby comes when the baby's supposed to come on May 9th. So, <laughs> excuse me, they'll be three, three years apart. I was the happiest pregnant person in the entire world when I was pregnant with Eli. I'm probably the happiest pregnant person again. I'm extraordinarily lucky. 
I have super easy pregnancies. I love being pregnant. And I am normally a super A-type personality. I mean, I'm a lawyer. Um, But pregnant, um, everyone's like, you're so normal. Like, you're so (laughs) chill. We love you this way. And it's true. I I actually feel that way. Like, I don't feel crazy or anxious. It mellows you in some way. It totally mellows me. You're always positive. You're always outgoing. Right. Feeling good. So that's the way I was in my first pregnancy. And a bunch of my friends already had kids. And they, they loved their babies. I mean, they were, like, obsessed with their babies. Like, maybe sickly obsessed with their babies, to me, it seemed like. Um, and so I was so excited. My husband and I lived in an alternate universe where, like, this baby came and our lives, like, stayed the same. But we had this baby and everything was awesome. And um, Eli was born. And I didn't think it was so weird in the hospital that I wasn't that into him because a a few people had actually said to me, you know, that love at first sight thing they talk about, you don't really have that personality. So that might not happen to you. So I was prepared for no, like, love at first sight. Because, and and just to interrupt, so your friends thought you were going to be like, I'm going to be good at this, I'm going to be efficient at this, I'm going to tackle this like a job. Exactly. And I may not slow down to feel the new mommy bubble. And I'm not like, I'm I'm very warm and I'm very close with all my friends, but like, I don't think anyone would describe me as like lovey-dovey. Like, it's just not who I've ever been. So, uh... I, I wasn't surprised in the hospital. I felt like, oh, this is the way you're supposed to feel about a baby. Um, when I think about it now, I realize that, like, when he would cry, I would cry. But that was like, I didn't know what to do, and I've never not known what to do before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I usually feel good at things I do and tend to only do things I feel good at doing. But I had no idea what to do. But all the nurses are there to help you. And then I went home and I had a baby nurse. My husband stayed home the first four days we were home and then he went back to work. Um, And I had a baby nurse for (coughs) almost two weeks. And then um, I wasn't like anxious about her leaving or anything like that. Turns out it's because I had no idea what she did. Um, But (laughs) she left. (coughs) And I was alone with this baby and I was like, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know how to take care of you. I am not particularly into you. I was more like indifferent. Mm -hmm. But the indifferent turned to like, who is this devil that came to ruin my life? Like probably within, uh, maybe it was 48 hours. I mean, it was a quick turn from like, I'm indifferent about you to like, I hate you. And the I hate you to him turned into I hate you to my husband too, because he was like great with him. And would be like, what are you upset about? We just take care of him. Like, that's what we do. He's here. We take care of him. Um, and I'd be like, this is terrible. Our whole lives are going to be terrible now. I, I just, I really felt that way. I felt like he came and, like, ruined my life. And I had a friend at the time who now I realized had also felt this way and was like, listen, 
I know you're miserable, but like take it one day at a time right. because the part that's making you miserable is that you're projecting that the whole rest of your life is like this. She's like, and I swear it doesn't get better, but it <laughs> gets get easier. easier. Um, and you'll, you know, it, it becomes more normal. So I was like, okay. And I tried, but I just, I couldn't. Like, I couldn't. I would leave the house, and I would get anxious. Not that my mom couldn't take care of him or my husband couldn't take care of him. But I was, like, anxious that I had to go back because mm-hmm. I would feel like I got, like, this time of freedom where, like, I could almost have a glimpse of my old life. And then I would have to go back. And I just – I couldn't take the feeling that, like, this – I felt like I was totally trapped and never going to get out – <clears throat> to the point where um, I had an appointment, and I I guess other people see it around you differently, right? So, like, I'm thinking, like, nobody knows, besides my husband, who I would be, like, a little too honest with probably, that, like, nobody knows I'm miserable and I can't stand this baby. And, like, people would ask me, like, oh, you must be so in love. It's so lovely. And I would say to them, have you ever had a newborn? Like, I I couldn't understand what they didn't understand. And I think that they thought because of my personality that I was just trying to be just funny, funny instead of, like, really being honest. But so uh, it, it didn't occur to me that anybody knew how miserable I was until my mom showed up at my doctor appointment with my OB. Like, she – like a – like she intercepted me there. And how and old? How old was was um, Eli? Was six or seven weeks old okay. at that time. And she met me at the doctor, and I was like, "Mom, you're here." And she was like, "Yeah, I thought I'd come with you. I want to talk to. I I, I see Doctor Consgar. I want to talk to him too." And so she came in with me, and he knows me. Yeah. Like. The, my favorite part about him as a doctor is like he 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 I feel like he like gets me and who I am. So my mom, we go and we sit down and he's like, hey, mom, to my mom, you came. And, and she's like, yeah, I came because Stacy needs drugs. And this is like the first like totally bombarded. <laughs> like she had never said it to me privately, nothing. And like, you know, my mom. So you know that that's a little bit of her personality and our relationship, too, because I may have told her screw off like I'm fine. But she and but you she think did. you did have that resistance to I'm fine, even though you didn't even though you suspected you weren't fine. Yes. Be, and I would tell people because I had a couple of friends say to me, Look, this is very normal. Like, normal. you know yeah. that the baby blues, like, happens in all sort of ways, and this is normal. And I'd be like, no, listen, you don't understand. It's not me. Yeah. I'm still me. He's the asshole. Like, I'm going to stop you there only because you're so ca- – I love your choice of words. Yeah. I love your, your, your realism and how you're really capturing this. But let's, let's hold – from at six weeks now, because I also know that yours was the whole thing about going back to work and how, yes, what happened over those next six months. Well, and that's what the doctor said. He said, no, you don't need drugs. You need to 
exercise and you need to go back to work. Okay, let's come back. Let's let's hold the moment of just what the reality of those feelings were. Let's hear from Shannon and then we'll come back to what's normal. How do you transition? How do you ask for help? How do you find help? How do you how do you how do you even get a point of reference from what's going on within you to what's happening in the world? Um, Because, I mean, I think that's so hard. That idea of What's normal? Because everybody... I thought it was totally normal. I was like, I'm totally normal. I just ended up with a kid that's a jerk. Like some people get babies that are nice and mine's just a jerk. (laughs) And it's not... And it's it's also that choice of vocabulary. Like, I don't want anybody to feel like it's not normal. (laughs) It's just that question of how do I know when I need help? How do I know how to support? Because I didn't know I needed help. And for sure, I needed help. And was Eli a hard baby? He, so now I have no idea. So that's, and that's what terrifies me about the next, because now I have no idea. Because at the time, I felt like he was the worst. Like I would be doing research on colic because I thought he would never stop crying. I thought he was the absolute worst, most difficult baby to ever exist. It turns out that maybe he wasn't so bad. Because <laughs> he's not a difficult child. Right. At all. <laughs> and so it he, was your projection it may have him. been totally me, which terrifies me now. Because now, having a second, I'm like, well, that's how it was with an easy baby. What's going to happen if I get a hard baby? And we'll come back. Let's yeah. come back to those fears and the unknowns. And and again, the other thing that you described so beautifully is that complete overwhelm. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Um, and, and I will say that one of the therapists said to me, be really clear that there's also something called postpartum anxiety that is the overwhelm, the overworry, and that mm-hmm. constant anxiety. And while that may not be in the same category as postpartum depression, that is such that those moms can get enormous support from therapists, from from meds if you need meds. But having this person that says, you know, how do we? It's how do I own this anxiety? How do I own this anger? How do I own this frustration? How do I own this? Yuck! <laughs> Yuck! I just wanted everyone feeling. to go away. Yeah, it's because we can't. It, I wanted to move to an I island wanted to by go, myself. Yeah, I wanted to just go into my closet and just be alone. Okay, so let's hear from Shannon because I love that moment. I mean, because because mm-hmm. your story, Stacy, is such an optimistic one because there is that moment where the click and the shift happens. Yeah. So everybody that's out there worrying for you, I want them oh. to know there is there is a wonderful resolution to this. Um, but not that we can take that painful part of that journey away for you either. So Shannon, tell us what your what what your well, experience my, was. I think my experience was very similar. My pregnancy was very similar. I had an amazing pregnancy. I mean, I didn't even have any sickness. I was glowing. I felt good. My grandmother asked me if I really was pregnant. Maybe because we were <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So... So when I had Aiden, my son, who's now two and a half, I, I right away, well, uh, let's go back. When I was pregnant, I was very much like, oh, I don't, I'll, I'll keep him with mom. I'll, you know, my mother-in-law will be here. You know, I'll go get my nails done. I'll go do this. And once he was born, I got very clingy. And I got to the point where, and this was at first, and I was breastfeeding. So 
I would constantly be breastfeeding. I would, and I didn't want anyone else to touch the baby, which was weird, especially with my personality. So you went the yeah, opposite. Yeah, because you were that. I wanted so anybody opposite. but me to take care of Interesting. him. Interesting. Yes. Like, I'm so glad that and, you're here to share that. Thank you. And it was, it was a very not my personality because my personality is, like I said, here you go. You're I'm so good. laid back. Yeah, I'm like, life. oh, you know, I'm going to send him to daycare. And I researched all the daycares. And, you know, I picked, you know, it was, it was. You had so a plan. I had a plan. Everything was planned out. But obviously, and I even had my, my pregnancy plan. <laughs> and it was about, let's see, an inch thick. And I showed my sister, my older sister, who's five That's years older. so funny. And she went, ha, 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 throw that in the garden. <laughs> and I went, what do you mean? <laughs> this is my plan. And everything, and once we got home and, and I was so clingy, nothing was going right. But the, um, no, the pregnancy and the birth all went perfect. Well, actually, my the birth, I was actually, I've had spinal surgeries in the past, so I was put out. So I just woke up with a baby. There was no, you know, C-section, no birth. It was just, I had this baby, they handed him to me and right to my, you know, to my breast. And that's it. And I just latched on to him. And it was very anxious when other people came over, other people held him. It was, it was, and I had to hide it. Did you, could you identify that as anxiety or did you, were you identifying it as a mommy-baby bond? I was... Definitely, I think both, because I would call my sister, because I was also crying all the time. Four o'clock in the morning, I would do the feedings, and I would be crying, because I didn't want anyone to see me, and I didn't want anyone to know that I was just so sad, you know, and I didn't understand, because I couldn't get rid of, I, not rid of him, but I couldn't, I couldn't let him go, but at the same time, I had so much sadness and irritability and anger like that harder my husband you're wasn't there. Exactly. My husband wasn't there. I mean, he was there to help me. God, I mean, I would call him at three o'clock and say, you got to come home, you know, and he works the stock market. So, you know, he could come home at four thirty, five o'clock, you know, ends at four. So, but, and then when I went back to work, it was, it was very difficult. When I cried all the time, work? three months. And I cried all the time. And my oh my sister, god, it was the best day of my life. I it was, and I and <laughs> we have totally right? opposite. And I was pumping, and I was pumping every, you know, I was on point, and I was planned. And then when I didn't get the milk that I needed, it's like crying over spilled milk. That whole thing, crying, literally, oh, if the milk spilled. <laughs> I would, I would be like, <sighs> I would have anxiety attacks. So you're, you're already at three months, and no one's saying. Can, can we help you? Can no, because my sister who, my dear sister who was there for me would say, calm down, it's hormones. It's your hormones. You just had a baby. No, you cannot divorce your husband. You have a newborn. <laughs> well, the, the, the husbands, whoever thought that the husbands were such a vital part in this postpartum experience. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Because oh, yeah. they're the punching bags. Well, and oh, he didn't make, mean to make it worse, but he made it way worse. Because him being good at the baby stuff when... I mean, maybe I think I'm good at everything, and I really wasn't good at the baby stuff. It made me feel worse. And then he'd say, almost jealous, totally, Shannon. And then he'd say to me things like, why are you crying again? Or the worst was, 
you wanted kids. Like, we got married. Yeah. You wanted kids. I mean, we had only been married six months when I got pregnant. And I think this um, is so valuable for all of us to be hearing all the things that people are saying that they hope will be helpful that aren't even close and to he, helpful. And he really was trying. And then he'd say, like, he would yeah. take a feed or something, and he'd say, I'm just helping you out. I'm just helping you. And that would, like... That would turn my, like, that would sad into, like, rage. And I would just, I mean, I would just go crazy because I'd be like, no, you're not trying to help me out. You're trying to help you out because you can't deal with the fact that, like, this is who I am now, this miserable human. And you're just trying to make it better. And you're not making it so better. there's a lot of self And I would, like, go crazy. I mean, I would actually go crazy. Like, the better he was, the crazier I would be. Well, thank you for saying it out loud. Now, tell me how you felt when you're, when when people are trying to be helpful and says, "This is what this is. It's okay," it's, and you don't know and you don't believe it's okay. You know what? That's a great question because I knew it wasn't okay. I knew that it was different than just you know. I was angry all the time. I was angry when someone took the baby. I was angry when I was breastfeeding and I had to breastfeed the baby and I had to pump. It was and I was angry when I was thrown off my plan. So um, I called Dr. Lubeckin. And Dr. Lubeckett, actually, who's my gynecologist, I actually messaged him on Facebook. And, and what, I was crying. How, old, how old is Aiden when you're doing this? I think, I think maybe five months now. Okay. Because I was two months at work already. I started in January. And I started, I think it was March, actually. So he was, I don't remember, five months. Okay. months. But Aiden had already had the reflux by then, right? Because you oh, had, had like a right whole away. mother level... Oh, to yeah. deal with, with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had to, oh, yeah, we had to p- keep him um, propped, up. propped yeah. up in the crib. But you read, you're not supposed to put anything in the crib. So I'm up all night watching the monitor, hoping this kid isn't going to, not that he can't even move, but I'm thinking he's going to, you know, kill himself. But I called, I, I messaged Lou back in, and he said, you know, come in. And I came in, and he said, you have postpartum. And I didn't believe. I said, oh, no, I have hormones. I have the baby blues. And he said, the baby blues are three to four weeks. This is not a six-month thing because you have to go on medication. And at that point, I was against it. Because you're still breastfeeding. I was still breastfeeding. I didn't want, I didn't want, not necessarily the stigma, but I. I can do it without it. Yeah. I can do it I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can fight my way through this. I can determine my way through this. Because you have a super strong personality. And you know what? I have to say to people who who are listening, he put me on Prozac and it was, it, I flipped. It was like, why didn't I do this from the beginning? What was I fighting? Why did I say I was fine when I wasn't fine? And it was, it was just a whole new world. And I feel bad for the people who don't, who thought like me and wanted to fight against medication yeah, yeah, yeah. when it was like the best thing that I could ever do. So at exactly. five months, you, you found your relief. Yes. Um, at five months. And so, and I this wouldn't was, have survived that long. Yeah. 
Okay, so now let's come back to your. Now you're six weeks, and now I just, I wouldn't have survived that long. Do- I was six weeks said, at the doctor. Your mom's, I said, your mom's there with you, and <laughs> my my mom's there with me, like with her hand out, ready for a prescription for drugs for me, and and telling the doctor she gets anxious all the time. We just give her some Xanax, and she's fine. Like <laughs> like telling the doctor like Xanax it's no big deal. Give her drugs. Well, I wasn't taking anything because I was breastfeeding right. anyway. And I said, and I had it like in my head that because I couldn't do anything else right, I was going to keep breastfeeding if it like damn That's near great, killed me. And I hated it. I'm not one of those I hated moms it, but I'm gonna hold on who to found something. it a bonding experience. But I was like, it seemed to me to be the only thing of those traditional things to like do right that I was doing right, so I couldn't let go of it. And nobody so there else was, could do it. And nobody like, else could do it. So there was no way I was going on a drug that would make it so that I couldn't breastfeed. And then on top of that, my doctor looked right at my mom and then right at me and was like, you need to exercise and then you need to go back to work. And, t- and I, I love was what, like, now, what you have said in past podcasts about why people told you to go back I to was work like, is, is the funniest okay, thing. Okay, interesting. You're and good I at, was well, like, you said you're good at work. Yeah, I had been <laughs> like, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not sure I really like processed what he was saying. And I was like, exercise. This is the man who, when I was four months pregnant, told me to keep running. Like, I was like, I'm 175 pounds, man. That's not going to happen. <laughs> like, you're talking to the wrong girl. I didn't exercise before. I'm certainly not going to yeah, exercise now. So um, I was like, okay. So then I'm trying to, like, make a plan with my husband for, like, me to be able to go back to work. And I didn't want someone in our house. Like, I didn't want a nanny. And I felt like part, I almost felt like I had been set up. Like in part, the reason why I didn't know what I was doing was because I had had a baby nurse. Um, So I like didn't want to do that. So I looked at some daycares and preschools and I wasn't really thrilled with those options either. And my, I was like in the middle of like a full-on nervous breakdown practically one day and that's not usually the way this went for me so even for me that was strange to be like outwardly freaking out my boss who's a woman who at the time was a woman happened to call um and I was like losing it and the office was not far from my house and she was like come in and I was like I I I can't I have this baby she's like come in bring the baby she had had a very difficult um her first was difficult and um she was like come in bring the baby um there are no clients here today you know I worked in a law firm um come in bring the baby I'm gonna hang out with the baby you'll like go do whatever you want to do like bring the baby here So I drove there. I brought the baby there. And when I got there, she took the baby away from me because I was like a mess. Like I was just, I had been crying, which is weird for me. Um, I had been crying. I had been in total mess. And she was like, listen. And at the time, I thought she was being really mean. Now I realize it was like the most wonderful help. She was like, listen, you're a really great lawyer. And eventually... You're going to be a really good mom. But, like, let's acknowledge that you're not there yet. 
and that you don't feel good about what you're doing, right? you're not going to feel good about you until you feel good about what you're doing. She's like, so you're, you're a divorce attorney. You're a very good litigator. You go back to doing what you're good at. And you hire a professional who's good at taking care of babies to take care of your baby. You're not a bad mom by giving your kid what your kid needs. If part of your struggle is that you know you're not giving your kid what it needs, you can afford it. Go back to work. Give your kid, you know, what he needs. And she actually made a phone call right then to her nanny who reached out to, like, their nanny network. Wow. To a week later, I interviewed someone, and a week later, I went back to work. And she's still with you. Uh, my nanny's still with me. And you can Thank catch that God. on the nanny's yeah. podcast. It's okay. Um, but uh. I, and so I went back to work, and I was like, I was psyched. And it's funny because I was listening to the radio one day in like one of my first few weeks back at work, and on the radio on the way to school, there's this mom who called in and is like hysterically crying that she's going back to work for her first day, like the experience you had. <laughs> and I was like, oh, lady, we are not <laughs> the same. Like, and I was just, I, I mean, I was great. I wasn't rushing home from work. I went back to work. I wasn't at the beginning, I wasn't watching the nanny cam. I was, like, just working. But then, and this is what I think I've discussed before, then it's, like, slowly I would, like, find myself. And I didn't even realize until one day my boss was, like, where are you going? It's 4 o'clock. Oh. Like, slowly I was leaving work earlier and earlier because I wanted to be home earlier and earlier because I wanted to spend more and more time with him. And then one day I was, like, oh, my God, I kind of like him. <laughs> and then I was like, one day um, he was sick, and I I didn't, I mean, I was, I was really the worst. Like, I didn't care. I would send him to the doctor with my mom and my nanny. I wanted no part of taking care of this child. Um, and one day he was sick, and I had a hearing, and I said to my boss, you're going to have to go to the hearing. I'm going to take him to the doctor. And she's like, you're going to what? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take him to the doctor. And I did. And then like a couple weeks later, I was like, I went from like, oh my God, I like him. Like I'm going home to spend time with him to like, oh my God, I really love him. Yeah. To like, I'm obsessed with him. And then he was 18 months old and it was his first day of uh -huh. uh, transition with Karen and Amy. And my mom was set to take him. And I went, I drove to work first and I was like texting my mom, is he okay? She sends me a picture of him. I walk out of my office and I come here to B'nai Torah instead to go to school with him. I get back to my office and my boss is like, look, we give you a lot of leeway. Like we know you're a professional. We know you're trying to figure out the mom thing, but like you can't actually do whatever the hell you want and I was like and I was like oh okay so I quit and they were like excuse I me really? I hadn't spoken to my husband about it I hadn't spoken to anyone about it I was like okay I quit and they were like no you can't quit so then they start backtracking like no the flexibility's fine like that we were just shocked when you walked out this morning <coughs> mind you, I work an hour from home. So that was not like a quick thing to be able to leave and go back. And so I was like, okay, no, like, no, I think I quit. And they were like, 
whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. Like maybe this is like the inverse hormones. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> Why don't we? And it was on a he was doing transition on Monday, Wednesday. So this was on a Monday. And they were like, you have this class again Wednesday? You'll go Wednesday. Well, like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and by Wednesday, I had actually, like, thought about it instead of having just, like, said I quit, which I didn't mean anyway. I had no other way to make money. I didn't mean it. Um, and by Friday, I had switched to part-time because I was just not going to do it. I mean, I really, like, I hadn't gotten any of that time with Eli, and so then I wanted it, so, yeah. But, I I mean, mean, that story for me is so priceless because that somehow, by just doing what you needed to do Mm -hmm. every day, every step of the way, getting the support, the help, the pieces of the puzzle, the love just came out and you didn't have to live in this world where I'm going to be like a bad mom and I want to come back to the bad mom picture Yeah, Um, because what you discovered is none of that made you a bad mom even though you did it unconventionally and you were able to meet your Mm -hmm. needs. I mean I would tell people they so I actually had a a very in a probably um, in his a late 60s male judge say to me one of my first day back at work like you're back and I was like yeah turns out I was no good at being a mom so I'm here instead and he was like traumatized he didn't know what to say to me but like that's the truth that's the truth of how I felt like yeah, no, it turns out I was no good at being a mom, so I'm so I'm back. Like well, it's also the feeling of the loss of independence and you know, this child yeah. that's completely dependent on you and you just don't know what to do. You just lost. And you breastfed. So now I mean I did now too, we're but yours was totally so different. Eli's now eighteen months. Now Aiden's still six months and you're on Prozac. And I'm on Prozac so. and it completely flipped. Do, can you, do you person. remember the, the moment when you felt okay, when you felt like we got this bond? Because, of course, you have an amazing bond with him. Yes, I do. I know. Because they said it was going to take two weeks for, the, for it to work. And it literally, I don't know if it was just me knowing that I was on medication, but it literally took three days. And I was able to let go. That's, it was like... A breath of fresh air. Like, here, I wasn't jealous of Eric with the baby. I wasn't pissed because my mother-in-law is in my space and is coming over and didn't bring lunch with her. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. was it was okay. That would I, understood, <laughs> I understood that people were people. I went back to understanding that it's not just about me and Aiden and, and not being able to let go of him. And that... Is huge, and now like now I bring him to Benet, and he runs in the classroom, and it's such a great feeling that he just goes. And you got yourself back. You got your sense of your own kind of motherness. Well, that took back. some time. Mm-hmm. I think I just got myself back now. 
That's the terrifying part. I feel the same way. And I do think that getting close to three. I mean, we did another podcast where mothers went out and started businesses and started doing stand-up. There's something that once you finish baby and and intense toddlerhood, that you do have a sense of yourself again. So That's the terrifying part to me. That's why I sent you a message on Facebook and I said, you better send me the name of a therapist because what am I going to do? I just got me back. I just got good at being a parent, which probably still not that good at. He still the little experiment, but it's going pretty well so far. Like I just like I just like I feel like things are crazy, right? Yeah. Things are always going to be crazy yeah. now that you have a kid. But I feel like this is a normal I can live with, and like that's what I feel. I feel like I feel like me again. And now this new baby's going to come. And And it's going to F up me. It's going to F up Eli. It's going to F up everything in my house. But at least you recognize that and you're seeing that and you know that. So when it is happening, you can just say, take a breath and say, this is totally crazy. Yeah, totally crazy. Totally we crazy. don't but have ends. somebody here. But it ends. We don't have somebody here that's able to say, look, I, I'm not the big plan person. I'm not the in-control person. I'm not the person who, who only does what they're good at. <laughs> you know, if we had that extra chair filled with the person that goes like, no, no, like, you're, everything is uncertain. Everything's the big unknown. This is, this is really like flying by the seat of your pants. This is winging it. This is getting to know a new baby yeah. with whatever personality temperament needs that this baby's going to bring into the mix but knowing that somehow at some point the love will find its way through with help or without that's help. what i yep. keep telling myself like the i the most terrible part of what i felt with eli was feeling that this was just it now and i just had yeah. to accept that i was going to have a miserable life and I was going to be one of those people who, like, one day would die, like, like, yep, made some bad choices in my 30s of having kids. And, <laughs> and so this is the life I lived, and that's not the life I wanted to live. Yeah, and, yeah. like, that's – and that that feeling and that that, like, okay, this is the whole rest of life now, and I'm, I'm stuck with this. Like, now I know that even though I'm going to feel that way, that part's going to go away. Now, I because sus- that part – Went away. And I suspect that mm-hmm. that there's nothing about postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety that can be managed head over life. I mean, I, unfortunately, I'm sh- you know, we can't plan. That's it. We the can't scary fix part. It. Right. And so for those of us that live in our heads, you know, that's hard. But what I also so, sort of imagine is it, it was not also neither of you felt it because of other people's judgments or expectations both of you are very (laughs) driven from within right right so can i say that on the podcast (laughs) but but what but somehow there's this mix that you felt into the rabbit hole the quicksand the whatever that image is you got buried by something that said i'm not good at this i'm not a good mother and maybe i'm even a bad mother but it wasn't coming from outside it was coming from within oh yeah absolutely that, so it's not a head over, it, it is a heart thing, but it's also just this, it is the emotions, it is the hormones, it is the brain chemistry, it's the, I, I cannot think my way out of this, I can't plan my way out yeah. of this, but it's, so it's it's this idea, and this is what I've heard, of course, like, I, I can only approach this as an educator, not as a therapist, 
but that somehow everything you've described was, I thought the world was this way, and, and I, was, I was completely blinded by my own way of being in this. Right. So I live my life managing client expectations. It's the number one thing I do. And so now I'm like that mean friend, right? When I have a friend who tells me that they're pregnant with their first or whatever, I say, look... I'm going to give you the side of things you don't want to hear, but let me just tell you, above all else, you're not supposed to know what you're doing, and you're sure as hell not supposed to be good at it. So, like, when that baby comes and you feel like you're in an alternate universe, like, that's the normal, like, Mm -hmm. people... For at least one out of seven. For May, as you said before. There's no way. It's not one out of seven I know. If I know, it's like five out of seven. Right. So this is um, not, so it is, it's the normal is whatever you experience. Yes. And it's time we shift our public images, yep. our Facebook, it our doesn't look the same support. to anyone. That's right. That that it's like whatever it's going to be for you is is whatever it is, and we can celebrate that. We can honor it. We can respect it. We can yes. hold it for each other. And yeah. that's as friends. That's yep. as teachers. That's as you know, Community. family time. You know, it's yep. it's all of us in the. You know, it's. Families are not isolated in those walls, and they can't even be isolated in their own families because even your mother and mother-in-laws and best friends are going to get blasted by this here and there. So it's it's all of us in it together. Yeah. <laughs> she got the blunt of it. So <laughs> brunt. looking forward, I mean, so you know what to say to yourself. We I know what to also- say to myself now. Who knows what will happen when the baby's here ruining my life again, but... <laughs> Well, just know I there's know. help. Yeah. And there's medicine. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I didn't. And I didn't, and I didn't go on medicine. No. Um, but <clears throat> I don't think now that's something that you need. I would be, be opposed to, to talking to my doctor about, certainly, because, I mean, that probably would have just been another path. And that's the other thing. There's no one way to, like, fix this because there's no one way you experience it. I mean, I would say, you know... You and I probably have pretty similar personalities, but we had our postpartum issues totally opposite. So, like, you don't... That's the thing. There's no, like, one thing it looks like. So I say to people, if you feel like you don't feel right, you actually feel right, but maybe ask for help. That's right. And but the hard part is the what does that ask for help look like? I mean, well, and 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 like your story, Shannon yeah. says to me, because I, you know, like how do we tune into it when we're having conversations with parents? It's like when you describe anxiety during breastfeeding. You know, to be able think. I mean, even just starting with anxiety and then going to the tears and then going to the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. This idea of like, you know, like boy, like. I at least even if there isn't even if it's normal to be able to say it out loud and not get buried by it. Um, but go ahead. And I think another important thing, and although thank God I had my sister, you know, telling me everything's okay, it's just hormones. It's also it, it's hard when you know there's something wrong and people are just kind of like, oh, it's just hormones. Don't worry about it. 
and you're inside, you're like, this doesn't seem right. So it's that. Well, and everyone will say, it's it's the baby blues. The baby blues are normal. The baby blues are normal. Well, guess what? I probably agree that it's normal, but that doesn't mean there's nothing to do about it. Just because it's normal doesn't mean you live that way. Exactly. And doesn't mean that everybody has the same baby blues. And it may be, I mean, the thing that I'm hearing is, and you guys made the joke before the podcast is, you know, like, you should have a podcast on postpartum. It's <laughs> like, maybe the people who haven't gone through it or have gone, who, who want to give you a quick fix or an easy pat-pat, that you need somebody that really understands yeah. and knowing that there's a lot of women out there that share this. Let's do our wrap-up. Um, there's so much more to talk mm. about. Um, how have you got this? For right here, for right now. How do you know? And I'm gonna, you know, like whichever way you want to take this is great with me. But that that how you that you weren't bad mothers, especially that that your way of being mothers, that your journey into motherhood, into falling in love, is so valid and real and personal. It's it has to be honored and respected. Um, and when how do you go forward? Maybe having a second baby, knowing that um, I, I'm gonna make it through this. Well, I think just, like I said, not that I think you can talk your way out of postpartum, but I think part of it is that I recognize now that I am totally in love with my kid, totally obsessed with my kid, and that I I will get there eventually with another. Um, And so knowing that and knowing that even if it's as bad as it was before, that there's like an end, that it's not like the I'm going to live my whole life this way. And working with the people around me is something that I'm working on right now so that they don't upset me extra then. Like working with my husband now to say, look, here are some of the things you said that really I know you were trying to help, but they made me extra yeah. crazy. Yes. Now, whether or not that That's works so out, good. who knows, because they're still men, so... And I will ask. Take that where you want, but... I think that's great wisdom. But that's, and, yes. I, and I say to my mom, I, like, and I say to my mom, Mom, I want your help, but to tell me, like, oh, you just have to go on drugs... Maybe that's, like, not the best way to deal with this with me. So, like, I want your help, but you have to help me in a way that helps me. And I will pull some resources for us to post with this yes. from the therapist saying, you know, how do how do we as a support people mm-hmm. not say everything wrong, if we can help that? Mm-hmm. And, and how do we help... Um, at least help with that communication and help with that stress right. because dads need to know how to live with this too mm-hmm. for sure and so now and now yeah. I'm going into it with knowing that there are there are people that I can talk to and not just people I could talk to but just like I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago to say okay maybe I need to have some like names of 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 people professionals mental health professionals that if it gets there I'm going to reach out to so I'm like Almost like I'm set up. I'm I'm preparing. Put my team in place to feel to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's we, that's we, what I've got. We, we do not. We will check back. <laughs> and it's and funny again. I have the total opposite. I have no interest in having a second child. I have no interest in going through that first year. I have no interest of in dealing with those hormones and the craziness and the feelings and the anger. 
I just don't want to do it again. Thank you so very much for sharing your very personal you. stories and letting everyone know that their way is the right way for them. Thanks so Absolutely. much. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.